Itasca Sawn Air presents CX Plus U. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Task Us On Air. I'm Jackie Leinberger, Director of FinTech. And I'm Kyle Bottaglare, Vice President of FinTech. And welcome to CX Plus U. Today we are joined by our experts, Pragya Agarwal, Vice President of Risk Response, and Sharika Nagpal, Senior Director of the same team, the Risk and Response team. These two are the Task Us resident experts when it comes to all things fraud and transaction monitoring. Today's episode, episode three, is Conspiracies and Compromise, How Criminals Bypass AML and KYC Processes. All right, Kyle, let's kick on off with the questions. All right, let's get with some hard-hitting questions right away. What are the various fraudulent practices that criminals employ to exploit weakness in AML and KYC processes? Pragya, this one is for you. Sure. Thanks, Kyle. Hi, everyone. And let's let's talk about how fraudsters think. What are they up to? Their ways are working today, right? So, so we spoke about anti-money laundering. We spoke about KYC, how these processes are designed to you know, prevent money laundering, terrorist financing, and other financial crimes. But we all know bad actors always find their way around. They find a way to engage in a variety of fraudulent practices, to achieve their goals, right? I'll talk about, you know, what are some of the common tactics that these fraudsters are using today? And I'd like to, you know, divide this into two parts. We'll talk about the traditional tactics or methods and the newer ones using the new age technology, platforms, and internet at large, right? So if I talk about some traditional tactics that these fraudsters were up to or still are up to, right, is, uh, you know, false documentation, where criminals, you know, provide falsified or counterfeit identification documents like fake passports, driver's license, utility bills, etc., to create fake identities or to misinterpret their true identities. And linked to that is large identity theft, where they may steal personal information from other individuals or, and use it to open accounts or conduct transactions without, you know, the knowledge of the information, without the knowledge of the individual whose information they've stolen. Another uh, one that, you know, is commonly used is creating shell companies, where they create these fake companies with the intent of making it seem legit and where transactions are occurring, where in reality they're moving illicit funds. Right. Then trade-based money laundering is another tactic that criminals have applied since many, many years now, where they're manipulating the pricing, the quantity or the quality of goods in international trade transactions to move funds across borders while disguising the origin of those funds. Now, if I talk about, you know, uh, some newer tactics, which they are up to is spoofing using, you know, deep fakes. So deep fakes use machine learning to either generate a fake persona or impersonate an existing person using manipulated videos and photos of that person. So essentially, you know, it's a sophisticated or newer age identity theft that these fraudsters are up to. Online shopping fraud, a very, very new and common uh, practice that fraudsters use all the time, where they're setting up fake online stores or listings offering products and services that are never intended to deliver after receiving payment. I'm sure some of us or a lot of us have been subject to this, right? And there's nothing that we can do about it. But yes, that's a very, very common practice. Another big one is the man scams, 
So with all these new dating websites, these new dating apps, fraudsters develop fake romantic relationships with the victims online, gain their trust, then request money under various pretexts. You know, they could ask them for their identities. They could ask them for money. They can use that money for illegal transactions and so on. Social engineering is another one where fraudsters manipulate individuals into revealing confidential information or perform actions that compromise their security. Often, you know, they do this often through psychological tactics that they apply. Another one which is catching up is uh, insurance fraud, where individuals or groups make false insurance claims to receive compensation for losses or damages that did not actually occur. So these are, you know, um, the types of uh, scams or the tactics that fraudsters are using. Any other techniques out there that um, fraudsters are using? Some of the fraudulent practices which uh, which are most prevalent, uh, she's talked about identity theft, uh, you know, shell companies, trade-based money laundering, spoofing, online shopping fraud. Uh, these are some of the fraudulent practices that they use. Now, specifically talking about some of the techniques that they actually use to steal some of this data, uh, and there are three main ones that I'd like to talk about here today. The first one really being phishing. And I think Pragya talk, mentioned about it briefly. It's it's really, you know, in a sort of a social engineering fraud in which what they are doing is an attacker is attempting to fraudulently acquire sensitive information from a victim by impersonating a trustworthy third party. So they pose as a trustworthy third party and try and extract information from a victim uh, this could be done through email, text messages, or WhatsApp messages. Uh, since phishing messages are attractive for people, you know, it's estimated that bad actors use them in up to 25% of ID theft. So phishing is one of the main techniques that they actually use. Now, coming to the other technique that they deploy in a lot of scenarios is hacking. Now, hacking is actually unauthorized access to systems or databases to obtain either personal or organizational classified information. Now, the main difference between phishing and hacking is the fact that phishing is, is a situation where the victim is falling prey in some way in which the, um, you know, the, the offender tried to victimize the person. So they, were, they fell into a trap, really. Uh, however, hacking is basically unauthorized use of uh, information. Um, so... This is unauthorized access, and this is largely one of the main causes of merchant data breaches that we see out there. Hackers then, once they have the information, can sell the stolen information or gain profit from uh, this information directly. This information can also be sold by them on the dark web, and they can make a lot of money by selling this information out there. Uh, another technique that, that we often hear of is skimming. Now, skimming occurs when uh, some of these devices are illegally installed on ATMs uh, or point-of-sale terminals or fuel pumps where they capture data or record cardholders' pins. So they basically install a machine on top of the original machine, the actual machine, which is in some way capturing all the information, the card credentials, the pin that you enter. And this can then be used to create fake debit or credit cards which can then be used to steal from victims' accounts. So victims may be under the false notion that the cards are with them, but uh, in reality, the, their accounts have been hacked because uh, their credit card or debit card 
has already been copied in some form and that information can be used by the uh, by the hackers by the by the fraudsters out there so these are some of the techniques that i've talked about which uh, which all of us should be aware of and uh, be watchful of wow that's that's awesome um you know i think that would really drive this home um and this has been great so far thank you sharika thank you pragya uh, I think our listeners would really like to hear some real-world examples of uh, AML and KYC fraud. So, you know, the regulators are out there keeping a close eye on any signs of, you know, neglectful practices regarding KYC and AML policies. They're keeping an eye on fintechs and financial institutions. But despite that, right, um, there are many, many such examples that we all know of, we read about, where, you know, um, things have slipped through the cracks and huge fines have been charged, or it has led to many institutions closing down, right? And who's at loss? The customer's at loss, right, unfortunately. So um, a very popular example, which I think is not unknown to anyone, is a cryptocurrency exchange platform that rose rapidly after it was launched in 2019, right? However, it came crashing down in November 2022, uh, it was one of these trading platforms where you could open an account on a digital trading platform, buy one coin and trade it for another one. Through that platform, you could also convert cryptocurrency into cash, right? So customers began opening accounts to trade, buy cryptocurrency, and top venture capitalists started investing as well. So by January 2022, I think the company was worth, worth about $32 billion or so. However, all this came to an end in November 2022. What first appeared to be some accounting glitches or oversights turned out to be major fraud. And billions of dollars were lost by customers and investors as well. So upon a lot of scrutiny, digging and investigation, it was discovered that you know customer funds went into accounts controlled by a third-party research company, which was into cryptocurrency trading. And it was headquartered in a third location altogether. So after this revelation, things began to unravel. And it was kind of concluded that it was mishandling of customer funds and failure to follow regulations was a primary cause here. So customers were kept in the dark. Their funds were being used for illicit activities. Regulations were not being followed. And nothing was reported as well. So just goes on to show and emphasize on the importance of following regulations and reporting correctly. So AML and KYC policies, needless to be said, need to be followed to the T and, it uh, you know, transactions need to be absolutely transparent for the customer. So, yeah, again, I can't stress enough on, you know, how important it is to follow KYC policies, abide by the regulations and of course, you know, ensure that you have a very, very tight CIP program in place. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you, Pragya, and thank you, Sharika, for, for joining the show today. Um, and thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to this episode of CX Plus U. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on Spotify to catch the next one. You can also discover more about Task Us by visiting our website at www.taskus.com. And please follow us on our social media channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until then, this is Jackie Weinberger and Kyle Bodeglare saying have a ridiculously good day. <laughs>